Second down, 13. And the 45 of Baltimore. Brunel back in the pocket. Has a bit of time. Now being chased. Plants throws. He's looking downfield. He's got a receiver. And it is caught. Jimmy Smith at the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. He wow. beats Wayne Starks for 45 yards. Barks out for signals. Drops to throw. Has time. Fires the slant. Jimmy's got it this time. 35, 30. Middle of the field, 20. He's going to the 20-yard line. He's going to score. 10, 5. Jimmy Smith. Touchdown. And the Jaguars are right back in this ball game. <laughs> Marks out the signals, pressure coming, steps up, steps, turns, throws, he's got Jimmy, first down, 20, there he goes, 10, 5, touchdown, win, Jacksonville. Done under pressure, steps to avoid, turns and throws, he's got him in, caught Jimmy, inside the 40-yard line to the 37, and down to the 36. Congratulations to Jimmy Smith, that is now his 800th career reception, and what a play to get it on. This team winning right now. Uh, it, it helps bring so much attention to our franchise, what we did back in the day. Like we were talking about, these the Hall of Fame conversations. But when we're winning, we see the conversations pick up. So we have noticed that. So obviously, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for my team to get to this Super Bowl. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Jaguars Today kicking off the NFL Scouting Combine, and uh, we'll kick it off with our good friend Demetrius Harvey on the ground in Indianapolis. Pinch hitting today for Mike DiRocco. Last-minute cancellation. We've got our trio in Indy. If they haven't arrived, they'll be arriving very shortly. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Mia O'Brien, We'll have coverage all week long for you, including today, Tony, as we'll hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke. Oftentimes we would do a, what do you want to hear from Doug Peterson and Trent mm-hmm. Baalke kind of uh, issue. What do you want to hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke that you think they will answer to your satisfaction today? Ooh, uh, answer to our satisfaction, not much. Um, I don't expect to hear much. I, I think you'll hear that, yeah, they're talking to Josh Allen. To some degree, you may hear that they are interested in bringing back Calvin Ridley because they've already expressed that. But I think beyond that, probably not a whole lot. I want to hear what they have to say. Like Rick Spielman, if you've seen, I I don't know if he said it elsewhere, but Rick Spielman, of course, was potentially in line to be an executive vice president of his football team last offseason. And then. Apparently, the way the story went, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson kind of jointly convinced Shad Khan, we don't need another layer in between us and you, Mm -hmm. and we're good with the system that we have, and coming off a year in one, you know, they went to the postseason, and they were able to make that case, and Shad Khan went along with it, but they did a mock at CBS Sports, Tone, uh, and it, it appears like it was Ryan Wilson and Rick Spielman alternating picks. And Spielman had the odd-numbered selection. So, you know, he had Caleb Williams to the Bears and so on, which would mean he was picking for the Jaguars at 17. And, I mean, first off, this mock, what's he, uh, you know, injected straight into my veins kind of situation. <laughs> Roma Dunze uh, is available out of Washington, the mm-hmm. 6'3", 215-pound wide receiver with the 17th pick. Uh the Jags would be tripping over themselves, I think, to get that, that card up yeah. to the podium. Then again, look at the guys that follow immediately afterwards. Brock Bowers, Jackson Powers Johnson, Amarius Mims, J.C. Latham, Cooper DeGene, Brian Thomas Jr. All of those guys mm-hmm. have been 
speculated as good fits for the Jacksonville Jaguars. For but sure. I, I digress. Spielman's comment. I can't believe Roma Dunze is still on the board in this mock draft. Ridley, they're not going to sign back. Then it says in parentheses because of the draft compensation and they need playmakers around Trevor Lawrence. Let's presume that the Jaguars had decided we're not. I mean, first of all, they're not going to sign back because of the draft compensation. It's a third round pick regardless. Yeah. If they lose him, it's a third round pick. If they lose him, it's a third round pick. If they sign him after the start of free agency, we believe it's a third round pick. Yeah. So. The effort to sign him once free agency is open, the the draft pick has no bearing on it at that point. No. It's a sunk cost. You're going to lose it either way. Now, are you not going to sign him back prior to free agency and you assume you're going to lose him because there's going to be a competitive market for him? Well, then how— Say that. And Well, maybe that's the case. Yeah. But— how confident are you then that you could even sign him? What what would you put in front of him that you're willing to spend that you think would keep him from at least listening to the other teams mm-hmm. in this scenario if you don't have the franchise tag at your disposal? Well, let's, let's presume that the Jags have talked to Ridley. Ridley doesn't want to sign ahead of free agency because he wants to see what the numbers look like, which is perfectly reasonable to do. Sure. And yeah. you just think that, you know what, we could probably take him off the market if we blew him away ahead of free agency. We're not willing to do that. Um, on top of the, we're probably going to overpay. It would then become a second round pick as opposed to a third. Okay, let's presume they made that decision. Mm-hmm. Then is Trent Baalke calling up the guy that he made sure didn't get the job here in Jacksonville and going, hey, Rick, by the way, just so you know, so you have better <laughs> info for your mock drafts that you do? Yeah. This is the decision we've made on Calvin Ridley. It seems absurd. It, it does seem absurd. And, you know, thinking through what, what I'd like to hear from those guys today, right, this is the time of year where they should say as little as they possibly can, right? Like, this is that time of year. They, the league has an idea of what they think the Jaguars' needs and priorities are going to be. Nobody else needs to know, right? Like, you don't have to show anything. Unless whatever you're showing is to try to get somebody off whatever you're actually trying to do. Like, it's talking about Josh Allen makes sense because you have him, right? And and there's no way that he's going to be just free to go anywhere he wants. And expressing that, yes, we do have interest in bringing Calvin Ridley back, that makes sense. They might answer in more detail about Cam Robinson or something like that today. Like, they might give you some hint of maybe some of the guys that they're going to have to move on from. That, yeah, the guys you thought we might move on from, we are going to move on from. But I think beyond that, they shouldn't let you know anything, right? Because if they're letting the media know, they're letting the whole league know some inner thought that they have about what they want to do going forward into this offseason, which, you know, we're a couple weeks from free agency opening up. makes no sense for them to do that. Uh, Quite frankly, you know, if you're the Jags and you want to make, whatever moves you want to make uh like if you the Josh Allen thing yes you control Josh Allen but let's say you've decided in your mind like maybe we we're, we're okay if we release Cam Robinson but if it were me mm-hmm. unless there's a deadline where something else in his contract kicks in like on the third day of the league year this much becomes guaranteed I'm waiting until I have to make yeah. that move is it fair to Cam Robinson well that's not my main concern, no. quite frankly, if I'm running the front office of the Jaguars. like My point being, 
if with the new increase in the salary cap over what we projected, the Jags should safely be able to franchise tag Josh Allen at the start of free agency and not have to do any other moves mm-hmm. whatsoever. So do they sit there and go, well, we got these three or four moves in our back pocket and we're going to go out there, we're going to try to sign Calvin Ridley, but if we don't need to spend $20 million plus on Calvin Ridley – then maybe we are going to keep Cam Robinson. Maybe. You know what I mean? And maybe you hold your powder on some of these moves instead of just saying, we're going to create this cap space. Yeah, it's great to give those guys a head start and know they're going to be free agents when the money is being splashed around. I think there's going to be plenty of money splashed around this year. But to me, the Jags don't have to make any move until they, quote, have to make that move. Look, do you? I expressed how I felt about the way they expressed their opinion on their center right at the end of the season as well. like, And if they're going to talk about him that way, given how little they have gotten from him from the outside looking in from Fortner, right? if they're going to not express anything except confidence in him, I don't expect them to do anything but that with any of these guys until they have to. right? What they actually do is going to tell you their opinion on all of these guys. They, there is no benefit to them trying to play that game through the media with guys that are currently on the roster. It just doesn't benefit the team going forward at all to play those kind of games inside the media with these things. You express that, look, we want to have Cam back. That, that would fine, right? Like expressing that today, fine. It makes all Even if they cut him this afternoon and they express it this morning, I don't care. Right, like That wouldn't bother me if that's the way that that worked out. It, they do the same thing with Fortner. They may do it with a couple other guys that we know are not going to be here. right? If they're asked about Sheriff today, who I don't think is going to be here, I really think there's a very low probability that he'll be here if they say, look, we're still trying to put things together. You know, we have a plan. Like kind of, okay. Right? That doesn't say we're going to cut him. Why would they? No. Until unless, they do it. And, right, until they do it. And, to, and that, there's a number of reasons you wouldn't do that. You know, first, you're going to tell the player before you announce Absolutely. it publicly, generally. But in the case of some guys, it may be a case of, hey, if so-and-so agrees to sign here, then this is a path we're going to go down. But if yes. they don't, we may hang on to this guy a little bit later on because we can afford to. Uh, by the way, in, in reference, I, I suppose, to the Roma Dunze mm-hmm. uh, selection in the mock draft on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, not another Reggie Williams, Dempsey. Oh my gosh. Uh, so because they went to the same school, they're the same person. That's what you're thinking. So, so because Blair Thomas went to Penn State, Saquon Barkley's no better than Blair Thomas, right? I mean, that's what we're doing here. Come on. I mean, we do it every year with the draft stuff. It's, it's. I uh, mean, you know how many different coaching staffs they've had at that school since Reggie Williams went to Washington? It's unbelievable. Well, right? that's well. The next Texas Tech quarterback is going to be Mahomes. Of course he is, unless he's. Like, come on, whoever. Guys. Right. Uh, I, I, it's Graham Harrell. Yes, unless he's Graham Harrell. Exactly. Right. right. Like, the prospect is the prospect. The school doesn't matter as much. Uh, no, at all. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that with this, it'd be one thing if it was the same coaching staff, same you know position coach group putting out players that are underperforming at the next level, and there's a pattern mm-hmm. of it. Reggie Williams was a long, long time ago. Uh, it's just. You know, the things people worry about seem a little bit silly to me. But, hey, you know what? You do you. Uh, Today, we've got our Jaguars Today question of the day and has become our custom. We posted it on Monday because we're doing the Tuesday top five today. 
and it takes a little bit more effort on your part if you want to give the full response. Who are the top five players you want to learn more about from the 2024 NFL scouting combine? For whatever reason that may be, maybe they are someone you're looking at for the Jags. Maybe it's somebody you're hoping goes ahead of the Jags. Maybe you're just intrigued by this prospect and you want to learn more about this guy. So we'll count them down throughout the course of the show today, Pockets. We might as well begin right at the beginning. Number five. All right, Tony, you want to go first? Uh, Who's your number five guy that you are on the lookout for more information about out of the combine? Number five on my list is Quinion Mitchell, quarterback out of Toledo, a player that has been mentioned in connection with the Jags throughout the draft process, had a good week at the Senior Bowl, Uh, 44 passes, defense, six interceptions, along with two first-team all-max selections the last two years at Toledo. I would have Cooper DeGene on this list. He's not working out. He's not working out, right. Right, but he would be on the list for me, but I don't get to watch him work out, especially DeGene's supposedly a freak athlete. I would love to see it whenever we get the opportunity to see it. But Quinion Mitchell, because it is Toledo, what does that look like when he's next to all these other guys that are expected to be high draft picks? Comparing them side by side, I do think it'll be interesting when the corner's on the field. All right, my um, list of five is eight players deep. Just so mm-hmm. you know, um, it's kind of you'll see how I did it. Uh, I grouped a couple of guys together, and number five on my list to me are quarterbacks four and five. Okay, okay. I, I presume based on the buzz, JJ McCarthy's going ahead of the Jag selection. I think he's going in the top sixteen picks. He's, so I think he's got to show it today. He, I, I right, I want to see there. him yeah. solidify that, and I want to see a guy like Bo Nix or somebody, Michael Penix. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. Can we get one more quarterback? that catches fire in this process and join Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, who are mortal locks to go in the top however many, but certainly well before the Jags select. Every quarterback that goes ahead of the Jags is good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's one guy they were not going to have any interest in. So if five could go in the first 16 picks. Absolutely. That's fantastic, right? You only have 11 position players off the board, and you're picking 17th, so it's kind of like you got the 12th player in the draft uh, to some degree. So I'm expecting McCarthy, based on recent buzz, to be a guy that ends up going ahead of the Jaguar selection. So I'll have my eye out more to see if a guy like Bo Nix or anybody else can create the kind Mm -hmm. of profile where it's likely that they could join him or at least – create the idea that some team is not going to be able to wait around to the top of the second round, and then you start that game of how high do I have to get to get this next guy. Probably right ahead of Seattle is what I'm guessing, Tony, because <laughs> Geno Smith's not going to be there forever. So at the, the quarterbacks uh, and how many can join the locked-in top three uh, will be guys I have my eye on to see how they perform this week. If you want to share your top five with us today, hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at 1010XL Denmark. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. Pockets, we got uh, more track and field action today? Yeah, we got track meet at Rains High School tonight. All right, and uh, I'm expecting fantastic weather for the young, yes. young triple yeah, jumping no, crew. No rain is in the uh, forecast tonight. Excellent. Amen. All right. Amen. And preach and all that good stuff. So uh, congratulations and good luck to the Baldwin track and field athletes as well as Reigns and everybody else participating. As far as that goes, uh, if you want to get on the show today on the air, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, hit us up in the YouTube chat as well. Demetrius Harvey joins us live from Indianapolis about 25 minutes from now from the Florida Times Union to get the latest word on the ground. What does he hope to hear 
and maybe expect to hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke today and who are some of the prospects he'll have his eye on, particularly for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they work out throughout the course of the week. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. At 1010XL, kind of boots on the ground in Indianapolis. Mia O'Brien, Hayes Carline, Frank Frangi all holding down the fort over there at the scouting combine. They'll be there all week. Uh, today, we've got, what, is it bulky at 1230, Peterson at 1? Is that the order? It's flipped. It's flipped. Peterson at 1230, bulky at 1. I believe. We'll have them both yes. here for you live on 1010XL uh, and 92.5 FM on the over-the-air broadcast. People always ask, oh, what's wrong with your stream? The Jaguars stream it, right? They're the streaming home mm -hmm. of these press conferences, and they are kind enough to let us piggyback as their broadcast partner uh, on our on-air broadcast, but they're, we don't stream those. You no. won't hear it on the app. So if you're in you know, Duval proper, driving around, keep it on 1010 AM or 92.5 FM, and we'll have uh, both of those press conferences for you. We will, and then after they get done with – those, they are going to sit down with Frank Frangi. Like in the very next half hour, yeah. both of those uh, folks. So um, I don't know because we're going to carry the press conferences if we'll carry those live, but I know you'll hear those conversations Absolutely. later on today on yeah. the Frangi show to be sure. Uh, you'll also hear Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union. He's pinch hitting for D-Rock today, had a last-minute cancellation, uh, but uh, he'll join us live from Indianapolis coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Uh, Tony, just looking, I wanted to go a little bit deeper on this mock. I really mm -hmm. feel like, and I know, look, if they're sitting there at 17 and Jackson Powers Johnson's there and the Jags trade back and somebody takes Jackson Powers Johnson, mm -hmm. there are going to be people that lose their mind, right? Yes. You had the chance. And I granted, you're entitled to lose your mind. I, I don't know if I lost my mind, but I was not pleased that they were in that position with Osiris Torrance, mm -hmm. the guard out of Florida last year, who we had projected maybe as a consideration for the Jags in the first round, and there he was in the second round, and they traded out of the opportunity to take him, and he was off the board uh, by their next pick because they were focused in on getting Brenton Strange in to get those five rookie receptions um, mm -hmm. in. So uh, as I look at this board, though, it's sitting out. All these guys may not turn out to have the same draft capital in late April as they do in late February. But for now, starting with the 10th pick in this mock, Tali Fuanga, the offensive lineman. Uh, is he a, a right tackle? Could he play guard? Maybe he could do both. He goes number 10 uh, to the New York Jets. If he were the, uh, the Jag selection, would that be okay? Yeah. Probably be all right, right? Uh, Leatu Latu. Absolutely. The yeah. edge rusher out of UCLA. Yeah. You're going to go, particularly if Josh Allen's on the franchise tag. Like, no one, I feel, I, I, you know how it is. I feel the need to <laughs> state it every time. We want Josh Allen to get the long-term deal done. We do. But he, I don't, I don't love the idea of edge rusher in the first round. I'm not going to entirely discount it because of the importance of the position. Okay. Quinion Mitchell, guy you just talked yep. about wanting to, put eyeballs on this week, goes 12th. If he goes to the Jags at 17, not going to bat an eye, right? Nope. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, that'll help us. Right? <laughs> that, that would raise some eyebrows. That would ra definitely raise some eyebrows. <laughs> right. Wait, yeah. You know, the guy who called in yesterday, uh, I think, was like, or maybe it was Friday, mm -hmm. uh, said uh, we need to look at drafting quarterback. That's mm -hmm. the position we're not talking about drafting enough. That's fine. Um, the next one, Byron Murphy. 
the defensive tackle out of Texas. He goes to the Jags 17. Sure. You're good with that. Terry and Arnold, the corner out of Alabama. Yep. Same deal, right? Uh, Johnny Newton. That's what they're calling Jazan Newton now, right? They're, everyone's calling him Johnny. It's probably easier, and that's probably what he goes by. But another, again, defensive tackle. He's a guy that I don't think he's working out this week either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Adunze goes to the Jags. Immediately afterwards, Brock Bowers, Jackson Powers Johnson, Amarius Mims, J.C. Latham, Cooper DeGene, Brian Thomas Jr., Troy Fatano, all of these, Nate Wiggins, every single one of these guys had a position of need for the Jags that have been mocked anywhere from 10 to 25, right? That, you know, conceivably a front office is going to have the proper grade on that you'd feel comfortable taking with the 17th overall pick. So, sure. again, the point being, trade back. Unless you're absolutely, like, if you are on the Jackson Powers Johnson train as the Jags, and you're like, this is the one guy, and the position doesn't afford us any other walk-in-the-door starting opportunities, if that's how you feel about it, mm-hmm. um, then maybe you don't move down yeah. in that, that scenario. that could be the same with one of the defensive tackles or an offensive maybe lineman so. or a corner. It, like, it, it could, could happen you with any guy. of those spots. Like, if this is the guy for whatever, like, you have him ninth or 10th on your big board, and you're picking 17, and the next guy you have available to you is 16, 7. It's like, yeah, we're not yeah, moving. Right. But there's also, and without knowing that, and you're yeah. absolutely right, that there's a likelihood that you're probably going to like two, three, four of these sure. guys. Right? Given where they're at in the draft, yes. And, and the needs that they have right now. Now, granted, things now, will change. Right. The position at 17 and the conversations that are being had about how many guys have a true first-round grade on them, you might be right at the end of the list of guys you, you got a first-round grade or, on. Or maybe you have 23 guys right. on your like, list. There might not be much of a gap between the guys that you have a true first-round grade on and a really high second-round grade. Like That number may not look all that different right? if you're just putting a grade number on it, but first-round grade's a first-round grade. Right, And if you're getting to that point in the draft and you have one of those guys left available to you, then certainly you're less likely to move out of that spot. You know, that would be a position where now if you have maybe two or three of those guys that are left to you that you have a first round grade on, okay, you know, then it is to your advantage, obviously, to move down. But if you're getting to that point, there really is one guy that you have that kind of grade on, then make the pick, man. Don't don't fool around with it. Make the pick. If you really think this is the best available player in the draft to you, make the pick. Um, by the way, has the Jags, the CBS had the Jags going. Javon Bullard, Georgia safety in round two. Yeah. Right? Like, if all the – I'm sitting there thinking as I go through these round one picks, I'm like, all right, the next picks – Wiggins. It went wide receiver, corner. Yes, we could use that edge. Yes, edge. And then I started thinking, is there any position that – I wouldn't put that high up that we could, I guess, interior linebacker, inside linebacker, safety. You know, there we are taking a safety in round two. So you can't have everything, but we did get Roma Dunze in the first round. So uh, maybe we'll trade back out of that opportunity to take a safety in round two, Tony. We can only hope that'll be the case. All right, let's continue our countdown of the five uh, prospects or thereabouts that we want to learn more about over the course of the scouting combine this year. Number four. All right, uh, number five for me were quarterbacks four and five, whoever they turn out to be. I, I want to see if we come out of the combine week expecting four or five quarterbacks to go in the top 16 picks. And mm-hmm. at this point, I expect four to go. I do think there's been enough buzz about J.J. McCarthy from the people digging into his film that – 
his workouts will probably help solidify that. Can Bo Nix or somebody join that group? Next for me, Tony, is another duo, but it's really one guy. It's Byron Murphy, the defensive tackle out of Texas. He and Johnny Newton, Jerzon Newton out of Illinois, two of the more undersized, penetrating, you know, lightning quick, 305-pound as opposed to 335-pound defensive tackles. I want to see how Murphy stacks up, how they're talking about him, you know, holding up at the point of attack. I think he's 6'1", 305 or thereabouts and, you know, has a rep as being a great pocket collapser. And you think the Jags can't use that? Of course they can. Uh, He's about 33, 35 pounds more than Trayvon Walker weighs and and would be able to come right in here and play in a rotation immediately. Uh, I think his agility stuff, like the three-cone stuff and the shuttles, is going to be really good because Mm -hmm. of the quickness. I want to see if the power numbers match up as well and how they're talking about Byron Murphy coming out of this week. Uh, Number four for me is also a defensive tackle. I have Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle out of Texas, who is at least in the discussion is maybe the top nose kind of player uh, in this draft. How he measures in is a big question. He chose not to weigh in at the Senior Bowl, saying that he would do all that here at the NFL Combine. He won Defensive Player of the Year in the Big 12 last year. Could be the top nose tackle prospect in this entire draft. And while I'm with you, yeah, if you're – Look at all the defensive tackle prospects that maybe they're more, you know, three techniques. Maybe that's more of what they are or true noses. I think they need both, right? I don't think they have a true nose on the roster right now and might have the opportunity there at number 17 to get the best prospect at that kind of spot available to you in the draft. But I do think the the measurements are going to matter for Sweat. Like the the thought process as to why he chose not to even weigh in at the Senior Bowl is interesting that he need to get smaller. Or bigger. Right. To, right. I think it's probably smaller with him. Like, what I've heard with him is that he's a big dude. And it may have been one of those where it's like, he's too big. We want to lose a few you pounds. You don't want that 380 number following you around. Right. Like, that process. kind of thing is more the kind of shadow that Sweat had left. But certainly going to be interesting to see what those numbers wind up being. Uh, he, in this uh, two-round mock, CBS Sports out today, uh, went – 46th overall. Mm-hmm. So if the Jags were uh, having designs on grabbing him in the second round, they would have just missed out on their opportunity. That's okay because we get a safety. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> it's just fine. All right. So we'll, we'll continue the countdown throughout the course of the show today. You can send your list of the top five prospects you're interested in learning more about over the course of the NFL Scouting Combine to us on social media, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or However else, Carrier Pigeon is probably acceptable as well. Uh, Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union in Indianapolis. We'll talk all things Jags with Big Meech coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Jaguars today on 1010XL. The Prince of Indianapolis, Mr. Demetrius Harvey. And for a second in my head, I got a Derek Harvey thought, but I quickly extinguished it, Tony, from Kung the Florida Times one. Union. I did. I, I just <laughs> get out of my head. Demetrius, thanks for joining us on short notice from Indy with the scouting combine with Doug Peterson and Trent Balky speaking today. Uh, how are things, my man? 
It's it's going well. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I guess I'm the prince of of indie or just combine. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that that is uh that is what I would call myself. But uh, speaking of Derek Henry, yeah, the uh, the Titans GM just went up there and was talking about how you know every every time he goes to the grocery store, you know people are talking about keeping Derek Henry. So that's pretty much the talking point there in uh, Tennessee. Is like. that right? They they're they're all talking about well, they love him. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, you know I get it. He's you know it'd be like us with Fred Taylor, but. At a certain point, sometimes you got to rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, so we'll see what they end up doing there. Um, for the Jags, Demetrius, I don't know if we're going to learn a whole lot new today. So let me ask you, what, what do you hope to learn? And knowing that, you know, these guys want to keep their cards close to the vest to some degree. You can't let the entire league know what your offseason plan is. But is there something mm-hmm. you hope to know on the, the Ridley front or any other front that we might learn today? Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously hope to know if, if you know, they've actually had com- uh, conversations with Josh Allen. I'm sure they have. You know, how far along are those talks? Obviously, they're not going to get into the specifics, but it, w- it would be good to understand where they're at with that situation. As far as Calvin Ridley and all the rest of the free agents, too, for that matter, yeah, it, it is interesting, and it is something that we're going to have to figure out because if you guys remember last year around this time, um, they had already sort of locked in a couple guys. I think C.J. Beathard was back. Jermichael Hasey was coming back. You know, guys were starting to come back, and things were off in motion. This year, it seems like, you know, we're at sort of a standstill as far as roster movement. So, yeah, learning anything from Trent and, and, and or Doug about the roster movement or about what players that could become cap casualties, things of that nature. They're not going to get into specifics, but those are the general topics that we'll be covering. What have you heard about any discussions that the Jaguars have had with Calvin Ridley to this point? Uh, honestly, I haven't heard much. I do know that both of the both of the sides want to be, you know, want to stay in Jacksonville. You know, obviously the Jaguars want to keep Calvin, uh, but the Calvin I think does want to stay in Jacksonville. He wants something familiar. He wants something, you know, that he can build on. Uh, um, I feel like he thought that he left a lot on the table, or, or you know left a lot on the field last year. And so, you know, he has an opportunity to, you know, kind of prove himself again uh, this season with Jacksonville, with Trevor Lawrence. I think that all of the things that Cal- why Calvin said that he was excited about coming to Jacksonville, I don't think any of that changed just because they had a disappointing end to the season. I think that he um, has seen, you know, what kind of quarterback Trevor Lawrence can be. Um, he's seen what kind of offenses can be. And, um, and I think that they're going to try to come together. But, you know, obviously it all depends on, uh, what the money is because, you know, these wide receivers aren't necessarily all hitting the market and Calvin could be the best one. No, they aren't all hitting the market, but, you know, at the other hand here, Demetrius, you know, I'm watching mm-hmm. Sports Center and they're making the case that, you know what, look, there is a glut of wide receiver talent in this draft uh, mm-hmm. that maybe 14 of them off the board in the first two rounds and that do you want to pay 20 plus million dollars a year to a 31 year old receiver who has missed a couple of seasons, you know, or could you just go and draft a guy maybe in the second round and pay him Mm -hmm. less than you'd pay Ridley for one year for the length of that contract? I mean, that could be some kind of a factor as well. And we don't know yet if Michael Pittman Jr. and, and Mike Evans, what their ultimate status will be. And I mean, how do you think the Jags play? Do you think they like just go to Ridley like either, Either sign with us or don't sign with us, but the longer this goes on, we're going to have to explore our options too, or do you think they're patient and wait for them? You know, I mean, that's something that, that we can also talk to Trent about today is, is you know, how how does it impact you in terms of re-signing your guys, re-signing Calvin Ridley, maybe Jamal Agnew, you know, the the wide receivers that are going to be free agents. How, how does the draft and the pool of players, the, the wide receivers that are in this draft, how does that sort of uh, affect what they're going to do? And I could certainly see – 
the 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 idea of you know do we want to pay Calvin Ridley 22 million per year or however much it, it would end up being 20 million per year um, you know or do we want to go ahead and just draft a guy maybe sign a guy in, in free agency that's a veteran that can come in and and then you just sort of build that way you know I, I definitely can see that can see that argument but I do feel like um, when you're talking about an, an offense like the Jaguars had last year. Um, and you saw what happened when just Christian Kirk uh, wasn't on the field. It's really hard for me to envision them going into next season without Ridley, potentially without Zay Jones. We don't know anything about that. And then going in with a, with a couple of, of rookies or guys that aren't necessarily um, entrenched in the NFL yet. It's really tough to see that. And so that's why I feel like it makes more sense to just go ahead and, and try to work out a deal with Calvin rather than uh, play the sort of gamble. What? do you think the Jaguars would have to offer in a contract to Josh Allen right now to get that deal done where Josh's side would be happy to sign it? Yeah, that's going to be, it, 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 it really is about the, the past contracts that were already signed. I think sweat, I'm not exactly sure the, 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 the totals, if you guys know it, but they're, they're going to have to go at least a couple million over that. I would imagine just because of, you know, the, the salary cap goes up. Um, there's going to be competition for his services, even if you franchise tag him, sure, but then he's going to be free next year. So, like, you know, you have to start a negotiation at a point of um, what what the last guy got and sort of go from there, especially with the type of season that he had. So, to, to me, it feels like, you know, you're going to be getting into that, you know, $27, 28000000 million per year sort of Joey Bosa, um, the first Watt contract. I think that those are the type of numbers that, that, that you should expect to see from a Josh Allen contract. What do you make of the rumors of continued interest in Daniil Hunter? And what, what is, mm-hmm. do you put any uh, credence in those? And if so, what, what, are you imagining it would be like Josh Allen playing on the franchise tag and Hunter on mm-hmm. a multi-year deal? I, I couldn't see them getting Allen signed to a multi-year deal and spending money on that same position on Daniil Hunter. Can you? No, I- no, I, I can't. I would be. I mean, that wouldn't make sense financially for them to to spend money on both of those guys. I mean, both both Hunter and Josh are going to try to command you know top dollar. Obviously, Josh being younger, he probably should be able to command a little bit more. Um, but I can't imagine being able to re, being able to sign Daniil and Josh. So to me, um, that's sort of a contingency. It's got to be. It's got to be a sort of situation where you're thinking if Josh. Um, doesn't want to resign, or if we can't get a deal done, maybe bring in Hunter. Sort of, sort of talking point. I, I, to, to me, it just doesn't seem realistic. Um, I did hear about that last year. Even they had interest in in Hunter, and then before he resigned with the with the Vikings for a year. So you know, it, it, there's definitely interest there. I'm sure, but I, I don't know exactly how much. I, I can't imagine it's too much. Here with Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union. Regardless of whether it's that position, Demetrius, let's say they tag Josh Allen and. You know, extension talks stall, and they they don't get anything done. We know he's going to be here for this year, but they do because the salary cap has gone up. They release a couple of guys. They've got some money to spend. They do go out and make a splash signing or two, even if it's not at his position. Is this an issue for Josh Allen's returning teammates that he is not getting, quote-unquote, rewarded for his good play while others coming into the organization are? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that, and it's because you know how NFL players have reacted in the past to uh, their teammates that they feel are deserving of a contract not getting it. Um, we we saw that in Jacksonville. I mean, Jalen Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, whatever you want to make of those situations, you know, those are all contract disputes and and and, and inner sort of fighting kind of disputes. And I think that something like 
not paying Josh Allen, not paying the guys that deserve these contracts does rub rub players the wrong way. And so, yeah, I could definitely see if they go out and make splash signings uh, that aren't in the direction of Josh Allen, maybe not even at his position, but they're paying other players that are outside the organization rather than in, I could definitely see that being a uh, being an issue. And Trent sort of talked about it uh, even two years ago at the Combine. He was talking about how they, they need to get to a point where they're just paying their own players, getting them to second contracts, because that's what good teams do. So um, this is their opportunity. Well, one of their guys they gave a second contract to was Devon Hamilton last year. How confident are you that Hamilton bounces back next season? I... I... It's so hard to say because that injury or you know ailment that he had was, you know that that was life threatening. That that was something that wasn't um, that you know a lot of players probably wouldn't have even played. Um, so it, it's so tough to 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 know how much he can bounce back from that. I think the strength, everything like that, is there. It's more of a mental and then getting everything firing um, on all cylinders. But I, I I'm pretty confident in Devon. Um, you know I've talked to him a, a lot over the past year or so and and you know he's a guy that's a hard worker you know keeps his keeps his head down and and is a battler so i i really you know if i had to guess i would guess that he's going to be able to bounce back now will he get back to the form that he was playing at in 2022 i'm I'm just not sure uh demetrius harvey florida times union in indianapolis for the scouting combine so demetrius uh, among the players Mm -hmm. you're anticipating uh watching or getting a chance to talk to who are you most interested Mm -hmm. in like who are the guys that you want to learn more about this week yeah, um, so there's a couple guys. Obviously, I think the Jaguars are going to, um, you know, spend some time with the cornerbacks this this week. You know, they're going to spend time with everybody, but really focus on the cornerback position. So I think Kool Aid uh, McKinstry, you know, he's a guy that you know, he plays opposite of Terry and Arnold at, at Alabama, and and both of those guys are, are very impressive players. I mean, both both those guys could easily be first round picks. Probably should. Um, so you know, the, that that guy, I'm I'm, I'm going to be taking a look at, and then Ad Mitchell. Uh, you know, he's another guy who's who's really interesting. I think a bigger, you know, faster kind of wide receiver that that they need on the outside, and I think that he would he would fit very well here with Trevor Lawrence and with Doug Peterson, and then uh, Byron Murphy, the second out of Texas as well. You know, he's a guy that I think that will be um, probably be available at 17, um, and 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 I do think that they need to upgrade that interior defensive line because as we just talked about with Devon Hamilton, you really don't know. Um, you guys already know my stance on Foley Fadakasi. And then there's a couple other guys that you, you just really need to um, get some depth there. So really, those those three position groups, I'm going to be taking an eye or keeping my focus on. And man, we were just going through Demetrius, uh, uh, one of the latest mock drafts out there. It really looks mm. like the Jags' perceived needs and the values line up tremendously. You know that mm-hmm. that you're going to have maybe five, six good options when you're on the clock at 17. So um, they create a trade down opportunity for them as somebody sees it differently and somebody wants to come up for a player you talk about the wide receivers um how much of it is dependent on like like if calvin ridley is back on a multi-year deal how where does wide receiver go in terms of your needs it would still be fairly high um maybe not as high because you don't really have a position to slot them in um perfectly but you still have that open spot because of the because of day jones's situation even if he is back to me i think they need to upgrade that position um so it will still be fairly high but uh obviously if i can't get calvin ridley back um it's probably number one or 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 number two whichever one you want to slice it one one b um so i guess maybe third or or third on the ranking list if if they bring back calvin first if if they don't we'll see it in about maybe a quarter to a third of mock drafts that are being done right now 
that the Jags at 17 still have tight end Brock Bowers available to him mm. when they're on the clock. <laughs> what would you do if Bowers mm. was available at 17? I'd probably try to trade down. Um, to me, it, it, it's a situation where you invested to you invested you know all that money into Evan Ingram. You drafted Brenton Strange in the second round last year. To me, it, it just value wise, it just wouldn't fit um, for what they want to do. Obviously, Brock Bowers is an amazing player, um, but to me, it just doesn't. I, I think that they would be giving up too much at another position um, to have that luxury. I don't think they're at that position yet. You haven't heard we're going to run the three tight end offense and that, <laughs> the wide receiver has fallen way down our list of needs. Well, You're not going to start that many. Well, when they, when they, t- when they took the fullback last year, someone, someone in oh. the media said, uh, Said, said that they were going to have a, a philosophical change on offense. So you never know. <laughs> yeah, well, we still get those, you know, so-and-so, what do you make of this guy? He could also play fullback for us. So, like, oh, could he? Oh, yeah. Uh, or, I mean, in theory, if we were to ever use the fullback, yes. All right, uh, Demetrius, we appreciate it, man. I know you got work to do uh, with uh, Trent and Doug coming up today, so we'll look for your reporting in the Florida Times Union on everything you learn up there in Indianapolis. But thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. All right, buddy. There he goes. At Demetrius82 on Twitter or X is where you will find him there, Tone. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of names, I think if you've been following the draft process, Jaguar fans have been conditioned. There are a good dozen names you could probably, you know, uh, talk kind of dangerously about. I say dangerously for me more that I'll be talking without really knowing how good these guys are. I'm going off other people's scouting reports. I'm not Mm -hmm. a, a film junkie. By any stretch of the imagination, but I've got my opinions, and I am interested in seeing how these guys perform in Indianapolis. And when we return, we'll continue the countdown. Who are the top five guys we're most interested in learning about a little bit more this week in Indianapolis? Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, and me, O'Brien, live in Indy. Uh, we've got the Balky and Peterson Pressers coming up today, and we'll carry those live on 1010 AM, 92.5 FM. Keep in mind, we will not stream them on our website or on our app but you can listen on the over-the-air broadcast uh, right here in Jacksonville. And otherwise, you can just go to the source, go to jaguars.com and stream them right there. And then Frank Frangi and the crew are going to sit down with both uh, Doug and Trent immediately after those interviews are concluded. And you'll have fresh material coming up this afternoon on 1010XL from the head coach and general manager of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Halfway home, we're asking you today for your top five players you're looking to learn more about at this year's NFL Scouting Combine. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, we thank Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union for joining us here a few moments ago, live from Indianapolis for the Scouting Combine. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, me, O'Brien, also live in Indianapolis. You'll hear... Me, of course, throughout XL primetime, Frank and Hayes later this afternoon. And uh, you'll hear a lot from the head coach and general manager of the Jaguars today. Uh, starting at 1230, we'll have the uh, press conferences airing live on 1010 AM and 92.5 FM at 1230 and 1 o'clock, respectively. And then Frank and crew will sit down uh, with both Doug Peterson and Trent Balky. You'll hear those conversations a little bit later on today as well, if not live as they occur, because mm-hmm. uh, it'll be, you know, Peterson bulky overload at that point in time. Tone, um, it's kind of, not kind of, it is the big news story from an NFL standpoint right now. And uh, over at CBS, doing a bit of a roundtable on it and asked, what is the biggest storyline entering 
the combine. And, you know, one of them, Ryan Wilson said the quarterbacks is always the quarterbacks. I think that is one of the most intriguing mm-hmm. ones uh, for sure. Uh, Chris Trapazzo, how does the top of the wide receiver class sort itself out after Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors? Well, clearly Roma Dunze falls to 17. <laughs> That's number one. And But then Josh Edwards says, is it a moving week for offensive tackles? Joe Alt is considered at the top of his class with Olu Fashanu not far behind, but how will that second-tier tackle group shake out? That is one thing that could propel a guy or two up the board. I wonder if there's a guy right now we are looking at as a consensus top 15 player that all of a sudden, you know, it can go the other way as well. Like sure. you're counting on this guy being gone and pushing down players to you. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you'd feel that way about that player. And that guy falling might be a guy you'd want to consider with mm-hmm. the 17th pick. But I did hear about Joe Alt and I don't, again, don't, I'm not giving you my scouting report on offensive linemen. I don't do that, but Somebody, might have been Lewis Riddick, I forget who I was reading, and I wish I had it in front of me, but saying, hey, watching him on film, he can get pushed around a little bit. He's got great technique, but not maybe the brute strength. Now, I don't know. I'm not a Joe mm-hmm. Holt film watcher, but I wonder if there's a guy or two, and there probably is, right? That right now we're like, oh, yeah, for sure he's this. Yeah. And then what will happen is they'll – have a rough combine, then the people who do the mock drafts will tell us, well, I'm not reacting to the combine. It's just that we were in Indianapolis, and you start to get the scuttlebutt from decision makers, and we started mm-hmm. to learn more about how the NFL feels about these guys. And they're always telling, the tape doesn't lie. The tape doesn't lie. Well, based on the tape, you had him as the 15th pick in the draft, some guy, and then he runs a poor 40, and all of a sudden he's down in the 30s, and you're telling me you're not reacting to the combine. Yeah. They all do it. They really do. They do. And I. it's important when there are the Daniel Jeremiah's, the guys who do these mock drafts, that people pay attention to, mm-hmm. right? Like the big-name guys who do these things. I think it's important when they're doing them, when they do point out, this is what I'm hearing, or this is what I think teams are going to do as compared to this is what I would do. Right? Like, I think that is a really important distinction. Very fair. Right? When having the the discussions about mock drafts and those kinds of things. And the guys who do a bunch of them, like Jeremiah will put out a list that'll be, this is what I would do. And then he'll say, this is what I hear. Right? This is what I'm hearing from teams around the league. This is what I think is going to happen in the NFL draft as compared to, this is what I would do if I was the one making the decisions. Right? Because late in the draft process... Mahomes' name kept pushing up and up and mm-hmm. up, right? Like, that's the guy when we were at the at the Super Bowl that year and we had the chance to sit down with him. It was, you know, this guy maybe maybe at the beginning of he the second round. He was just starting to be talked about and maybe at the end of the first round. Yeah, right? like that kind of thing was happening. And, and then Lee Steinberg told us we're, we're going to have him go number one overall. Yeah, yeah. And as you went through the process and people took deeper and deeper looks at him, it was like, well, maybe – Maybe he'll keep pushing up, yeah. and he winds up where he winds up, like right? Tenth. Like you do, these guys do go up and down as they go through this process, but there is something about coming out of the combine. I, I think it's more difficult with some positions than it is others, right? Offensive line specifically, what are you going to learn about a guy doing the workouts they do at an NFL combine. Sure. Right? Playing offensive line. You know, like, I I don't know how much you can learn as far as affecting the evaluation. They all get to talk to him. 
right? And they all get the medical information on these guys. And those are the things that I think at those kind of positions sway it more than it does some others, for it, sure. It just is funny to me. We go through it every year where guys go, oh, it's all about the film. It's all about the film. It's 99% about the film. The film, the film, the film. And so they put a grade on a player. Then he goes and runs a slow 40, or he doesn't have a good three-cone drill. Well, I'm just going to – what this is going to make me do is go back to the film and see what I missed. Well, then maybe you're really bad at the film evaluation. like Because now you're going to go back and try to sync it up to make sense with what you're seeing is a slow 40 time, mm-hmm. right? And why did I think this guy was this, and this is telling me that? Now I have to justify that. And honestly, it's it's a little bit of a game. And I don't get me wrong, I love the draft process. Yeah. But this idea that all you know, these guys – oh. Well, Watch, put in the film, put in the film, put in the film, and then you put in the film, and then you change your ranking based on one week in Indianapolis. So you're and they will, and they absolutely will, and those are all the ones telling you it's all the film. It's ninety eight percent the film. It's and and then oh well, um, apparently I missed something in the film, or maybe it's not all the film. Yeah, right. It's it's a large part that what they do on Saturday afternoons that prepare them for the National Football League. All right, let's uh, get to. Number three in the countdown as we work our way through our top five players that we'd like to learn more about this week in Indianapolis. Go ahead, Pockets. Number three. Who you got? Uh, Along the lines of the conversation we were just having as far as what you can learn about players at the Combine, Mm. uh, this is a guy who I think likely won't hear his name until day three of the NFL draft, so later in the draft. But Braden Fisk, defensive tackle out of Florida State, uh, very productive in his lone year with FSU after four years of Western Michigan, had six sacks, 12 tackles for loss, three forced fumbles last year, six sacks the year before transferring from Western Michigan. Discussed as a three-tech in the league with potential as a pass rusher and a high motor. His teammates voted him the practice player of the week among defensive linemen at the Senior Bowl. So this week is an opportunity for him to maintain the momentum he seems to have created so far in the draft process. And I do think the weaknesses that are talked about with his game, can the improvement he may be showing can be shown at an event like the Combine because it's hand placement Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like the quickness isn't questioned. The play strength isn't questioned. It's technique stuff that is questioned with Braden Fisk and the – I think there is an opportunity for a player here that could be day three of the NFL draft to come in and have an impact even early on, potentially for somebody, if some of those technical things get cleaned up. And I think the combine gives you an idea of if you have watched all the tape on him and say, this is a problem. Like if he shows I'm improving on these things now, all those other things that you feel like he has, right, that he can make an impact as a pass rusher. If the technique stuff is coming along as well, then I think he has the opportunity to maybe make an impact early on in his NFL career. So I have Braden Fisk as my number three. Yeah, you pointed it out. Uh, the Senior Bowl week, that's where you learn a lot about guys when they get into that environment with a lot of guys who are expected to be drafted, in many cases, fairly early. Yes. And he dominated all week long, got just like hyper praise. And those guys, I would bet he ends up going higher than anybody right now suspects he's going to go because mm-hmm. I think the NFL people, I think that's a good call, uh, have already identified him as a riser. Um, I'm going to go at number three with one of his teammates. And honestly, it's another one of my combos here. I went with the, the quarterbacks four to five to see how if we can get five ahead of the Jaguars pick. Sure. The defensive tackles, Murphy and Newton, but particularly Murphy because Newton's uh, limited right now. Uh, but 
Brian Thomas of LSU and Keon Coleman of Florida State, kind of for mm-hmm. different reasons. You know, does Thomas look like a true NFL alpha? Is he really worthy of consideration in 17? Even though I see Keon Coleman occasionally still projected in the first 17 picks, it's become less and less frequent. I think for Keon Coleman, uh, he is a, a big-bodied, contested ball catcher type receiver. Mm-hmm. If he can run something, Tone, in the low four fives or, uh, you know, four four nine would be spectacular mm-hmm. for him at his size. Uh, he is a shifty guy. So I'm curious to see, you know, I, I don't think Coleman right now, uh, based on the overall consensus, is in play for the Jaguars with the 17th pick. Yeah, Thomas could be, and neither one of them might be if Calvin Ridley signs a multi-year deal. They may be looking a little bit deeper in the draft, but I, I want to see if these guys really have the goods that everyone's talking about because, again, it's been speculated 14, 15 wide receivers could go in the first two rounds of the draft yeah. this year. There's going to be some good ones available in round two as well. And, you know, talking about what you learn about these players at the Combine, I think Coleman is a really interesting case in it. Right, because the strengths that he have in his has in his game, right, the physical ability he has to bully defenders down the field, like those kind of things that he does, it's not showing up this week, right? right? Like the on-field stuff that you look at Keon Coleman and say that guy may be ultimately in the first round, maybe top half, middle of the first round, like that may be where he winds up. But the combine isn't going to show off those skills. Like, that's all tape. No, but you know those skills from tape, and that's why the quickness sure. drills are that's really That's where big Keon Coleman him. has to do the, the other I'm stuff with to you. show up in these other areas to say, like I was just talking about with Fisk. It's what they perceive to be weaknesses in your game. Are they better now than they appeared to be on tape? That's where, the, you know, these guys talking about we got to go back to the tape and evaluate. That's why it changes. To to a large degree, is they see something in the combine, it's like, that's not as big an issue as I thought it was. Why isn't that as big an issue as I thought it was? Or that's a bigger issue than I ever saw when I was watching him. Did I just not see it when I was watching on tape? Because I wasn't looking for it, and the combine kind of puts a microscope on some of those kind of things for some of these guys in the evaluation. But yeah, Keon Coleman certainly, um, I think, has the opportunity to maybe be before the Jacks. Possibly. Except, like, he has that could be the number three wide receiver in this draft. I, I saw a couple of clips of him again yesterday and just made me remember just like, damn, man. You know, like going up, snatching it out of the air one hand. I mean, he is as good a contested ball catcher as I've seen yeah. in this year's class. And again, I don't watch every one of these teams on, on every week basis. But, uh, you know, at one point he was being talked about as a top ten player Yep. in this class. Uh, this is just a really, really rich class and I think that's going to impact it as well are you big and can you run in combination that's what the top three guys seem to have maybe a little bit more than some of these others so can Mm -hmm. guys like Thomas and Coleman close the gap on them with their performances this week we'll continue our countdown coming up of the five players we're most intrigued by learning more about this week and uh, for those of you who've been Good enough to send in your five-player list. We'll read through those as well and see who you're going to have your eyes on. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll hear some interviews uh, with uh, Mia O'Brien and Hayes Carline with those players coming up throughout the course of the week as well. With Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. We'll go around the league. Coming up next, this is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, a couple here on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Didn't Calvin Ridley have the most 
uh, pass interference against him in the league last year in terms of yardage, and I know that had to have hurt his receiving yards, right? Yes, I know the the drill looked at this, though, and when you added it all together, if you just took, like, the receiving leaders and added in the pass interference yards that yes. they created, Ridley didn't move way up the list or anything like that. No. You know, still, it was the number of pass interference calls, but it's not like he had 500 yards and pass interference penalties. No, a lot of his, and you can remember him, a lot of the Calvin Ridley interferences was he was coming back on a route and got grabbed. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot of the P.I. that he got, which is not nothing. It tells you you that it's a defender who probably thought he was about to get beat along the sideline, and then the route got cut off and he got scared, right? Like, that's what that feels like to me is a defender saying, "Uh uh-oh, he got me, right? So they grab him. It makes sense. It tells you how good of a route runner Calvin Ridley is that is able to draw that many of those kind of penalty. It's not all down the field. I ran by the guy and he grabbed me. That's not what he's he's stopping and they're grabbing him. Like that's how good of a route runner he is and scary he is as a route runner. It's a compliment to Calvin Ridley, even if it isn't without all the yards that some guys got. Uh, another one asked, would you guys be open to trading Ridley, our 17th pick in a third rounder next year to the Cardinals for the number four pick, then draft Marvin Harrison Jr.? Sure. Uh, <laughs> if Ridley were under contract to the Jags and we could trade him to mm-hmm. the Cardinals, why would the Cardinals not just sign him then? Yeah. They have $21 million more cap space than the Jags do, so yeah. they could just give but If that it was allowed Ridley. and they were willing to make that offer right now, I'd do it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Let me ask you, do you think there's a chance? I know we don't see this very often. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand the market's got Daniil Hunter and Brian Burns out there. But do you think there's any chance a team picking right at the bottom of the first round would entertain signing Josh Allen and giving up two first-round picks for him? You know what I mean? Like, if you're – let's say Kansas City felt like they had a big needed pass rush. And, and I, I know they've got Chris Jones to worry about. You know, and they're picking 32nd, and they're in that window. It's all about right now. Would they say, hey, we'll give you the 32nd pick and probably the whatever 32nd the pick next, right, the yeah. 30th, 31st, 32nd, whatever. And, yeah, we got to pay Josh Allen, but we know he's going to be super productive. And I'm not saying it's the like they could go, hey, let's go sign Daniel Hunter, right? But what if Daniel Hunter went somewhere else? And it just mm-hmm. is is there any – world do you think where a team considers that i think i think they could I think they might think about it like thinking over from the kansas city perspective that's really interesting if i'm kansas city i'd be tempted to do right. that because if you're the jags like yeah. you, normally you're like oh franchise tag yeah give up two first round picks we'll take two first round picks you want to sign him is yeah. it worth getting the 32nd pick and a late first rounder next year for josh allen yeah you know what I mean? Like, I think I'd prefer that they didn't sign him to that deal. Yeah. Never well, mind the fact that you're going to have to face him now uh, and on the road to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think the money is the thing, obviously, that gets in the way of that. If you're a team like Kansas City, like yeah. if that's – but it's it's the money. It's not giving away the draft. It's, it's okay. picks and the contract. Yeah. But, you know, if you're in that position – like, for Kansas City, anything other than winning the third in a row – is there's nothing else they're playing for. There, there's no. no good season. Hey, you did well. You made it to the Super Bowl. You went to the AFC Championship game again. None of that matters. No. It's everything or nothing. And now you're talking here. You see the 
story yesterday, Andy Reid, they're looking at signing him to an extension. Yes. Right, there's talk, oh, hey, is Andy Reid going to step away and be done? Now he might sign an extension <laughs> and stick around for a while. It's fun when you win, <laughs> Tone. Honestly, if you, as a Jag fan, supporter, however you want to identify yourself, I know you want the best for the team. Would you be happy getting the 32nd pick in the draft? And now, that being said, if someone did that and you could go out and sign Daniel Hunter mm -hmm. to the contract, and then you've got that position, and okay, now, but to lose Josh Allen, yeah. to lose the impact and get only for this year the 32nd pick in the draft. Uh, and granted, you'd have another first rounder next year, but it's probably going to be really late again. Probably. I, I think from the perspective of a Kansas City, that might be something they'd be willing to discuss. I think right. right. This, I'm not saying it's likely to I happen. Wouldn't, I don't. I could. I don't right. think I'd write like it if, off. If that's how the Josh Allen situation played out in Jacksonville, I I wouldn't be happy with it. Like if that's the way that that actually went down. If if he got traded for a couple of really late first round picks, correct. I would not be happy. But you wouldn't have the choice other no. than matching the contract. No, that, it would be. And I would match the contract. Well, I yeah. guess it would depend on what the contract yeah. is, right? I mean, that's the thing. But it, I'm the guy who's been on the match the contract side the whole time. Right. Like, I've been comfortable doing that the entire time. So that side of it has never scared me away from the Josh Allen thing as much as it seems to the, the team. Yeah, I, I don't think it's at all likely again. I don't either. But It's I interesting to I think, think about. I think yeah. it's like I started thinking about it like from the perspective of the Jags, like I don't know if that's what I like. Okay, I get some cheap labor, but then we got a hit on those picks. You hit on we got to replace 17 and a half yeah. sacks, and I'm not saying I want it to go down that way. I'm just saying that's a possibility when you tag a guy. Yeah, that somebody can come in and and try. That's the way he could go. Him. Is if he got traded for it. Like right. that's that's the way you lose him at that point. Is if he gets traded. Now, for granted, it. could somebody put a contract out there that the Jags would not match? I don't know. All right, let's uh, before we continue the countdown, let's go around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be releasing outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. It will be a post-June 1st designation to spread a $26.7 million dead cap hit over the next two years instead of absorbing it all this offseason. Soon-to-be free agent quarterback Kirk Cousins posted a video to social media yesterday showing him going through a workout throwing as he continues to recover from a torn Achilles that he suffered about halfway through the year. Cousins said that he has been, quote, encouraged by the process, end quote. All three running backs that had the franchise tag placed on them last year, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, are not expected to have the tag placed on them again this year. Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler are also expected to be allowed to test free agency. And NFL's executive vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent, said on Monday that there is no question that there will be a new rule proposal for kickoffs this year. The league voted to adopt the rule that they had in place last season for one year. They are rumored to be considering the XFL's approach to kickoffs as an option that would allow for more returns and keep the injury risk lower. There was also a discussion on Monday regarding the rule about fumbles out of the end zone resulting in a touchback, but they reportedly didn't generate much traction. The rule is not expected to be changed. All right, thank you, Tone. Uh, people are saying, ah, I would not take that deal. I don't want those draft picks for Josh Allen. I understand that. I'm just saying, look, once you put the tag on, you're not. 
you're not accepting told- or not accepting the deal. Right. Like, it, that's not how that works. It, at that it point. then becomes a question of if somebody does sign him, are you going to match that offer? Yeah. You know, and there's got to be a range where you wouldn't sign him. Otherwise, the deal would get done, right? I mean, there has to be a number that you wouldn't go to. I'm not saying Kansas City or any other team would yeah. go to a, that number, but if they did, I mean, if there wasn't a number, if you if you'd sign him for top of the market, I think he'd be done. Yeah, right. Like you go in there and say, right. all right, thirty three million. You set the new standard. Boom. Who's who's saying no? The question you have to ask yourself is: a team that is willing to give up two first round picks and pay him thirty five million a year, are you willing to match the thirty five? Right. That's the question you have to right. ask yourself. Not would you be happy getting the two first round picks? That's not. Well, that they, you might be if it means I'm going to have to pay him 35 or have two first round picks. That's the team's calculus at that point, right? I might be okay with the 35 million now paying Josh Allen. I don't think most people would be on that side of it. The one thing that a team could try to do is they could look at the Jag situation and say, okay, you got this much cap space now, right? And teams are like, we're going to sign a guy to an extension. And we're going to lower that cap figure in the first year. We can go the opposite way. You can front load it. Right. You can make it a roster bonus to where if you've got 80 plus million in cap space, then you could sign Josh Allen and take a massive year one cap hit and then make him much more manageable going forward. But it could make it more difficult for the Jags to match. Again, the teams I think that are in that market with the massive, massive space, like go ahead, Washington. We'll mm-hmm. take the number two. Like, I would take that. You know, there yeah. are picks I would take. I don't want 32 and possibly 32 again uh, for Josh Allen. But some of these teams are are downright. Boy, Detroit, though, has a hell of a lot of cap space. Uh, and they're not picking exactly high uh, in this whole mess either. All right, let's do this. Uh, Bruce on the line. We're going to get him. We'll come back. We'll do our final two in the countdown mm-hmm. in the final segment. Uh, numbers two and one. Uh, Bruce in Mandarin next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Um, so my question was on Cam Robinson. Yep. Does he have any type of value at all for a trade? That's interesting. Um, I doubt that anyone's going to take on the contract, but I'd ha- I- I- let me take a quick look, Tony. What would the money going to a new team look like for Cam Robinson? Obviously, the Jags could save uh, $16 million if they cut him. Um I'm trying to. I'd have to get in here and see what the deal is. You you don't happen to have that, do you, Handy? I do not. No. All right. Um. I I know it can be different if you trade him versus uh if you just let him go. But let's see what his cash this year, his base salary this year, is sixteen million. Mm. So that's probably what a team has taken on, right? You know, uh, the prorated portion of a signing bonus is what would hit the Jags. Um, basically has $5 million in dead cap money, $21 million overall. So about $16 million is what he would cost. That's his contract. Is somebody going to give you something and pay Cam Robinson $16 million to play left tackle? Something? Okay, possibly, right? Something of significance? Probably not, right, is my guess, right? Like be, when you factor in the salary on top of the – uh, draft pick compensation, and the fact that he is due to become an unrestricted free agent after this upcoming season, what are you willing to pay for a one-year rental of Cam Robinson that would cost you $16 million? Mm-hmm. Sixth-round pick? Seventh? I mean, look, I'll take yeah. that over nothing, but I don't think it's likely 
that you get many suitors at that cost, right? Yeah. For that, for what what he would yeah. provide them coming in for one year under contract. Yeah, and it's not an exact apples to apples comparison, but at sixteen million next year on the average salary of mm-hmm. left tackles this year, he'd be basically ninth or tenth in the league, right? Which. So- is he in the ninth or tenth best tackle? Which tells you maybe the Jags shouldn't be paying that money either. That's the conversation we're Obviously. moving on. Right, yeah. of course. Uh, Bruce, thank you for the call. I don't think it would uh, – look, I'd rather take anything than – I'll take a seventh rounder next year rather than cutting him loose if there's no other cap implications yeah. for me. Uh, but I, I couldn't expect it to yeah. be Playing the, the – all intentions are to move on from Cam Robinson. We'll make a decision – if anyone wants to make a trade, right, right, now is the time. Game. Now's the time, exactly. Like that kind of game may be played. But. All right, let's get Marcus. Also wants to comment on Cam Robinson. What's up, Marcus? Oh yeah, um, how you guys doing today? Good. What's yeah. up, man? Uh, not much. Well, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday as well when you guys were talking about it. Why not extend Cam? You know, two more years or whatever you want to do. Have a signing bonus being, you know, the sixteen or whatever. Have it guaranteed maybe 20 or whatever, and if not next year, you have drafted someone in the third or fourth round, and then you can move on from him then. And you're still not having a cap hit of the 16. Well, you wouldn't have a cap hit of 16. You, you're actually saving the 16. I, I get what you're saying. Like, if you extend him out, then you can Redo lower that cap hit. Yeah. Eventually, you're you're going to generally, in that scenario, continue to push that cap hit down the road until it hits you. I don't know if the cap's going to rise another $30 million next year, but in this case, I can't see Cam being here for a $21 million cap hit. That's what he's on the hook for yeah. right now. Could you do that and lower it? Sure. You might be able to do that. It also depends on what your your thoughts are about Walker Little for the future. Mm-hmm. Anton Harrison's future. Is it at left tackle compared to right tackle? Is Cam, How much money is Cam actually worth? Like you said, Tony, that would make him about the ninth or 10th highest paid tackle in the league. Um is there a possibility that could get done? Yeah. I don't think it's 100% out of the realm of possibility because you could no. do that. You convert that $16 million in salary to a signing bonus. You stretch it out over a four-year deal, but he's got that $5 million in dead money. Anyway, that's going to count. So let's say you lower it and you, know, you convert this year's into that, but Cam's going to want more guaranteed money because he's adding years of your team control to him, whereas he could be a free agent at about the age of 30 and maybe get another good payday next yep. year. So I, I think you would save some. I think you just have to be – you do that if you think Cam is going to be your best option yep. for the next several years. I think there is approaching no chance that Cam Robinson plays for the Jags under his current contract next year. I would agree with that. That's That's the way I think – that if you want to figure out, some fans obviously want to figure out how do we keep Cam Robinson yeah. and not have him under that contract, that may be what the team decides to do. Me, I'm comfortable walking away from Cam right now. I am too, but I, I think that's that's can't be written off. No, as a and I understand the idea of the people who want to keep him. I don't think he's all that much better than Walker Little. I just don't. And I would be willing to pay him basically a little bit more than I'd be willing to pay Walker Little, and not a whole lot more than that. And I don't think Cam would be willing to take that from Jacksonville. That's how I feel about it. I, I, as I've said every time we talk about the Cam thing, I have been on the wrong side of what the team feels about right. Cam Robinson since that second franchise tag got placed on him. Like I know I've been on the wrong side of this that entire time. That's 
okay, but I would do what I would do. I would cut him and walk a little my left tackle. Fine. I'm okay with that. All right. We'll bang out the rest of the countdown in a minute. This one on the text line. Don't we get it? Compensatory pick for Cam. If we cut him, probably be more than anything the team that any team would be willing to give. Wrong. No. Don't we get it? You don't get a compensatory pick if you cut someone who's no. under contract. You get nothing. You get the cap relief, but you get you only get compensatory picks if their contracts expire and yeah. they sign somewhere else for a significant enough uh, contract that isn't offset by what right. you're spending like in free they, agency. The, whatever some other team signs Calvin Ridley for this offseason would make them eligible for a compensatory pick, but they're going to spend money. They didn't spend any money. Right, last year, which right. is why you're going to get the third-round pick, which yeah. is why teams like Baltimore oftentimes wait for that second wave of free agency when there's a deadline where those transactions don't count against this right. formula anymore. And so they wait, and they sign Clowney, and they sign Kyle Van Noy, and we're going, I'd like Clowney, I'd like Kyle Van Noy, and we just get to sit here in the window uh, looking hungry because sure. we can't afford the price of admission, apparently, or we're not willing to pay it. But, no, you will not get a compensatory pick if you cut Cam Robinson uh, while he's still under contract. We'll come back and finish our countdown to the five players we're looking to learn more about this week at the Combine as Jaguars Today rolls on on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, coming down the stretch here on Jaguars Today. It's one to think about. Maybe a future question of the day. Jags better off with a second-round pick, or are they better off with Calvin Ridley in a third-round pick? Mm. I mean, because ideally, you'd have Calvin Ridley and your second-round pick. Sure. Right? You get him signed, you wait. What if it came down to the only way to ensure you're going to have him is to lock him up before free agency, give up that second-round pick, Ridley in a third, under contract for X, figures at least $20 million a year. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Um, I don't know what the number will be. No. That or rather keep the second round pick because one of those picks is gone already. Yeah, I hope all the receivers in this draft drive the price down. Bring it on. That'd be fantastic. Right. <laughs> all right. I'm with you. All right. Let's get back to the countdown. We're doing our top five players we want to learn more about at the scouting combine. Uh, pockets, where are we at? Number two. Number two. Uh, my numbers five, four, and three were the – quarterbacks outside of the top three and number five that could push more good players down to the Jags. So hoping that J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix prove themselves to be worthy of top 16 selections. Uh, Byron Murphy, the defensive tackle out of Texas. Then the wide receiver combo of Brian Thomas and Keon Coleman for different reasons. I'm going with your number five guys, my number two guy, Tony. Uh, Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo for a number of reasons. Great production, smaller school, great week at the Senior Bowl. Some might have him as the top corner, mm-hmm. but he did play for a small school. Does that productivity that we saw in film, do the measurables hold up when he's in there amidst his peers? You know, does he does he rise to the occasion? Does he put up a big performance? This is a guy that frequently is mocked to the Jags. Uh, you could honestly substitute a half dozen cornerback names. For him. Yeah. He's become a, a little bit of the poster child because we don't watch a whole lot of Toledo football. <laughs> you may be surprised to learn. No, Who's your yeah. number two? 
Uh, yeah, uh, 44 passes defense in the last two years for Mitchell. That's crazy. He uh, breaks up a lot. He doesn't have a ton of picks, but no. he breaks up a lot of passes. Six over the last two years. That's pretty good. Not terrible. Yeah, uh, Mitchell I had at five. Tavontre Sweat, the defensive tackle out of Texas at four. Braden Fisk, the defensive tackle out of Florida State at number three. And number two for me, I have Chop Robinson, the edge out of Penn State. Uh, a disappointing final year. With the Nittany Lions, he is expected by many to be among the talking points coming out of the combine. You know, there's always that guy that's like, look at this athlete. Right. Right. And Chop. He is made ex- himself a lot of money. Right. They they drafted the guy a couple of years ago at the draft that was the, what is this freak? That was Trayvon Walker. Right. Like, everywhere he went, it was like, holy cow. We like traits. Look at athletically what he can do. And he's ex- Chop Robinson's expected to test athletically through the roof. Posted a 4-4-7-40 time last year when tested at Penn State. Had a 10-foot-7 broad jump, bench 400 pounds while weighing 240, uh, which may change as he gets measured this week by all these guys officially. Right. You know how much do you trust all the Penn State numbers. But the guy is expected to maybe be the guy that everyone's looking at, like, what kind of athlete is this dude? Like, he's an alien. Like, that. Chop Robinson is expected to be – that kind of prospect coming out of the uh, combine this week. All right, pockets. Number one, we got uh, Keon Coleman, okay. Florida State wide receiver. Certainly in the conversation among wide receivers in the first round of the draft. Comes into the combine with questions about the route running and deep speed. Route running is where he should have the opportunity to impress. If he's going to impress at the combine, it's doing that kind of thing, right? It's the quickness and those things. Limited opportunities, as we discussed. With to show off the skill set he has. He's not got anybody to bully doing what he's going to be doing in the drills out there at the combine. But if his quickness tests well. Yeah, he did return some punts, so right. I would think he might not fare too badly right. in so, that department. But that could lock himself into being certainly a first-round pick, but maybe even the number three wide receiver coming off the board. How dare you, <laughs> by the way, not list the poster child for the Jaguars offseason mm. Jackson Powers Johnson. I don't know what to do with offense. I don't know what I'm going to do either. Yeah. I just, I, it's see, that's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm going to watch the combine and I'm going to have my stopwatch out. And I'm going to click it on Jackson Powers Johnson and learn anything about it. I just want to hear the discussion. I want to hear, you know, these guys get together. You will see a shift in rankings post combine. Yeah. Some from the work people do, some from the work that they do talking to NFL decision makers and eavesdropping on conversations and finding out, hey, you know what, the league really doesn't like this guy as much as the public does, Mm -hmm. what have you. Is this guy rising because he's the best of a mediocre bunch? Or is this guy truly deserving of mid-first-round consideration not playing a position that typically goes as a premium pick? I don't know if I can learn that. Just watching my cell tone, but it's more I'm going to try to learn it through the reporting at the Combine and the sense I get listening to Mia and Hayes and Frank all week long, who they're talking to, the coaches, the decision makers, and seeing if they can suss out a little bit of that. I I mean, look, it's tough. I don't know what. To, what yeah. am I looking for with the center? You know, yeah. is it is it the bench press? Yeah, that's is why it, I didn't include him on my list. It's like I don't know. I still want to learn more. What he would show me that I'd be like, oh yeah, that's it. Like I think he's shown me enough to this point that I understand why he's being talked about as the number one interior offensive lineman, maybe in the whole draft. Certainly the number one center prospect in the draft, and I'd be comfortable with nothing else happening with the Jags taking him. First question: Jackson Powers Johnson. 
can you recall any instance of any player with three last names ever succeeding in the NFL <laughs> before you? Is it possible? I don't know. Uh, all right, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Big Circe. What's going house. on, Jordan? How you doing? How are you, man? man? I'm doing great. Absolutely great. Yeah, do you love Combine Week? I do love memories? I do have fond memories. Yeah. 1992 Combine, absolutely. I remember myself. Uh, you can't do it now, but I was, they had me projected as a guard. All right, they're having the number one guard in the country, and I figured that I wanted to be a tackle. Okay. So what I did is instead of me going to the guard line and getting my number, I went to the tackle line and put a number on because I wanted to compete against uh, Bob Whitford and Ray Roberts. So, uh, and I did well. I did well. You can't do that now. Everything is digitalized, cameras everywhere. <laughs> you know all that sneaky stuff. You can't do that stuff now. But that's what I did. Instead of I, going I to the wonder, guard line, do you I think that that maybe uh, some decision makers kind of. Put a feather in your cap because, like, this guy wants to compete. This guy, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I wonder if that, yeah. that might have helped yeah. you. And maybe not for Pittsburgh. Maybe they would have taken you anyway. You know what I True. mean? But maybe some other teams would were thought more highly of you simply because of that. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Because, you know, essentially I wasn't the prototype tackle. So they had me projected as a guard. And you went but, out there to show you and could I do went all out, those things. Absolutely. Right, and so, I went to, so I went to the lady and I said that she didn't have me on the list. And I said, well, uh, Leon Cersei tackle. She said, well, we have you on the list. Well, just go ahead and write it down. Just with the, here's the Submit pencil, it. Right? Yes. Submit. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. And, you know, you're right. Look, you had something to gain, though. Right? You weren't going to be the first or second pick in the draft. So mm-hmm. you had some, absolutely something to gain. I don't blame Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams is locked in as the number one pick, why – what does he have to prove to anybody? It's not even if he goes out and blows it away at the combine, mm-hmm. doesn't make him a better pro the day he walks in the door for the Chicago Bears. In my no, opinion, no, anyway. I, I totally agree. I, I think that when you're in a position of uh, power, you take advantage it, of it. Take advantage, and, and if he feels more comfortable at home, which most of the guys do on their pro days, they're going to do at home. Then do it. I mean, it's, if you have the leverage to do it. Now, if you're a mid-round guy, if you're a late-round guy, story. different story. Different you're story. trying to make a name for yourself. But if you're projected top three. You know that Calvin Johnson story, right? That he showed up. He wasn't going to do uh, anything. Yeah. And they're like, we all came here to see you run. Right? And he's like, I'm good. Right? Like, he's yeah. going to be a top five pick. And so he's like, all right, screw it. He borrowed a pair of cleats from somebody, not even his own, and he went out there, you know, he dropped like a 4-3, whatever he did. And just was like, I I wasn't planning on running in somebody else's shoes. All right, shut up. He pulled a Kirk Cousins. How you like that? How you like me now? (laughs) How you you like that? How you like that? How you like that? All right, sir, so uh, we know you got Mia on the ground in Indy, uh, and we've got uh, Peterson and Bulky, mm-hmm. we're both going to hear on Friday. Yeah, we got today, nothing but right? combine. Nothing but combine. Love presses, it, man. presses all day. Uh, my radio, as always, will be locked on to 1010 on the AM site. I like the AM sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, sirs, have a good show, man. Appreciate it, bro. We appreciate you. There you go. I, I'm, I'm with him, uh, with Leon, Tony. I mean, look, I, do I want to see the freak that is Marvin Harrison Jr.? But yeah. sure, but I mean, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is pretty content that he's going to be the first non quarterback selected in this draft, and he's going to go out there and perform at his pro day in a more controlled environment. Sure, it's really it's not it's a TV show for us, but for them it's it's a job path. Not even an, you know they'll, he'll do the interviews, he'll do all that stuff. He can play. They'll know. Mm-hmm. Oh, they they already have a pretty good idea. No yeah. doubt about it. All right, <laughs> I, I am excited to hear uh, from Doug and Trent, and I'll probably then go. Man, that was 
pretty boring. Didn't say much <laughs> of interest. But I'm still excited to hear yeah. on the chance that well, they give us something to chew on today. You know, it's the last time we're going to hear from them before they do whatever their pre-draft thing is going to be. Yes, the pre-draft luncheon, which, you know, at, rightfully, they tell you nothing. Yeah. And then we all hear from them during the draft, mm-hmm. right after the draft. You'll hear from Doug a couple of times, you, you know, know we, when the OTA is going. We tried to trade up. They're just, uh, you know, nobody seemed to want to move right. back. But we'll hear from Trent Baalke maybe four or five more times here in the next couple of months at different times, right? Like three times probably during the draft today and one more time before the draft. We'll hear from him. That'll be it, right? Like that'll be all that you hear from Trent Baalke for Hey, Trent, why are you telling Rick Spielman your plans on Calvin Ridley? Huh? What's going on with that? All right. Uh, Stay tuned for the GM, (laughs) the head coach coming up. And then Frangie and crew sit down directly yes. with Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke. You'll hear all that great audio uh, today on your flagship home for Jaguar football. If you want to stream the pressers, go to jaguars.com. That's the source material. If you're listening in your car, on the radio, at work, wherever, you'll have that on the on-air broadcast. It will mm-hmm. not be uh, delivered on the 1010XL stream or apps, but then we'll get right back to the stream and the apps as soon as the pressers are done. So we encourage you to go to the source uh, with Jaguars.com if you are online streaming. Otherwise, uh, sit back and enjoy. Got a lot of combine coverage coming up. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, we thank Demetrius Harvey for stopping by with us today. And uh, we'll have plenty from Doug and Trent tomorrow. And John Ozier will join us live from Indianapolis early in the program as well. That'll do it for us here on Jaguars today. Stick around for XL Primetime next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.